Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and today I'm allowing God's Spirit to guide me every step of the way. Barry's here to tell us about Paul's missionary journeys, but now that the Lord has opened up their hearts, let's buckle up and welcome in our favorite co host standing in the way of God's messengers, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good, Good day. day. How are you Great. guys What's doing? Up? What's going on? Yeah, what is going on? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, usually I come in pretty prepared for these shows. <laughs> Um, Today, I watched so the sermon a couple times. I put my notes together on my computer, but for some reason, uh, my computer has failed me. And so I'm working off my phone. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Your intro didn't have anything about donkeys tripping over rocks or yeah. dungeons mm, yeah. or there's all kinds of good stuff that could have been rabbits in there, so. and camels. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the tripping donkeys. Yeah. It was in there. Yeah. That, it's all yeah. There. Uh, guys, what's new? What's happening? Um, How's your week? Week is going well. My sisters are coming. Hey! I'm just holding my breath all What's week. What's the occasion? Um, they are just coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just swinging by. There's no like... Uh... Um, actually, they're, they're kind of coming from two different directions, which is going to be kind of fun. Normally, they, you know, they come to me directly or they kind of use central Indiana as like a pit stop sure. on their way to the next place. But they're actually coming to me on their way home to North Carolina, one from Michigan and one from Illinois. Yeah, cool. So they will both be descending upon my home with their four children, each of them. So I will, that's, that's, that's just consuming my, my time. Four total. You're, you're, a, four, four you're officially a Hoosier if your own house is becoming the crossroads of America. <laughs> it is yeah. the crossroads of America. And all I can think about is sleeping arrangements. I think yeah. I'm putting my nieces under my dining room table. I'm going to make them like oh. a fort. Because there's oh, really cool. no other place for them well, unless this is usually I kick Jaden out of his room. That's what I was about to say. This is usually when it's like, kids, yeah. you're in the garage until <laughs> that, further that notice. Might, I think the last conversation I had with my husband about it was, well, if we let Jaden sleep in the sunroom and we give his yeah. bed to my sister. So we'll oh, see. But yeah. I'm so, so excited. They're only going to be here for a, a day. Okay. But it's going to be the best day. So what are you going to do? Like what, what kind of activities are, are in store? Are you going to like top golf? No, no. So my Escape sisters. Room? Oh my goodness. Gracious. <laughs> Throw axes. What are you going to do? Do you take your child to the escape room? As soon as he's old enough. We're okay. My sisters up. have young kids. Oh yeah. And this right. area has like the greatest parks we've ever seen in our lives. So like last time we just packed some snacks and we hit as many parks as we could in one day. Oh, just all right. going all over Hamilton County. Which and just if Jaden's involved, that means like half a park. Jaden will not be involved. <laughs> what do you mean half a park? Because he he's, just, yeah, he's just exploring. Oh, he's turning right, over right, every right, rock, right, right. looking well, for something. The other cool thing is their husbands are both really into Frisbee golf. Oh, yeah. And some of these parks uh, have we like. We call that froth. Do we? Do no, we? I don't know. I, is that what, what we do? I don't think that's true. I don't know. No. I, <laughs> most of these parks, not, not most of them. Some of them have like adjacent Frisbee golf. Yeah. Like spaces. Oh, yeah. So win, it's win. kind of like perfect for everyone. Um, I have a variety of people in my life who are into Frisbee golf. And so um, I've always said, I'm happy to play. I want to play. I don't have the equipment, but as soon as I have the equipment and you invite me to play, I will come play. Well, I, somebody gave me the equipment for Christmas <laughs> and, and like, I still oh. have yet to be invited <laughs> oh, to go play. So sorry, well, you Tyler. can play with my brother-in-laws. All right. Yeah. You right. would love them. And mine actually as well. Well, yeah, he's <laughs> one of the guys. Yeah. Jeff, I'm talking about you, Jeff. Jeff McCracken. <laughs> yeah. Get on that. Yeah. Uh, Barry, what's new with you? 
I don't know. I feel like we were just here. I'm realizing I, <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing this last week's been a blur. I, I officiated a wedding on Saturday, oh. which is why I, I pre-recorded my message for Saturday night services. And mm-hmm. that meant I was, you know, Friday night I was down there for the rehearsal and all that stuff. So it's just been, it's been a little bit of a kind of a whirlwind nonstop yeah. situation. So a lot of weddings right now. It is the wedding season. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So, but it's good. I, I am getting real close to harvesting my mustard seeds. The pods are drying. What, I cannot what wait does this for mean? this mustard. What? Well, I don't know if it's going to even happen or if it's going to be any good, but I've got a lot of mustard it's pods. Happen. Little, a lot of mustard pods. Well, they think like a little tiny bean, like a little, little tiny bean. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it looks like. It's like a little pod with a bunch of beans. I'm just trying to get the timing right. Cause like when they dry out, they open up and all the seeds just fall. Oh. But right now they're still green. So I'm like, do I, do I take, I don't know what to do. Do I take them out of the ground and let them dry out? Or do yeah. we just wait? I don't know. Can't you, don't you just know. Google it? Don't <laughs> yeah. you just Google that stuff? I, I, every time I've Googled it, now I haven't done a deep dive, but every time I Google it, I find YouTube videos of smiling people opening dried pods. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. great, but how do I get them dry without having them all spilled, you know, all over the ground? So bucket. I could put buckets under, I'm telling you, like there's a lot of mustard. I can help you. Like we're talking gigantic bushes of mustard. So, so you what's just have the, to make like drying racks for them though? Maybe that's what I need to do. Okay. Just have, so that if they do fall out that, yeah. On like nylon or something. Is the goal to make your own mustard? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. That's like, the goal. are we talking to Jean? Do are you we remember talking? him talking about this? We like, talked about this. Somebody, eight somebody, months ago? no, somebody recently said, made a reference to something we talked about on the show. And it hit me <laughs> that you that never know. My short term memory of like what we talk about from week to week <laughs> is vacant. Like it's gone. I don't remember anything. Do you remember what they mentioned? Oh, it was, uh, it was, uh, he just bar- said his bar- short term memory. <laughs> it was barbecue at graduation parties. And oh, that I was, was like, our best episode. Well, I was like, well, now that you say that, I don't like graduation <laughs> parties, but I don't remember talking about barbecue at graduation parties. It was, it was, it had to have been recently because I had barbecue at a graduation yeah, party in June. You. Must've been you. <laughs> anyway. So I, I started, I was trying to record my first YouTube video in forever and ever yeah. for my kind of tracking my garden progress. And so that's why I was out there looking at my mustard seed pods. So are we, is the goal like Dijon? Yeah. I'd love to do uh, Dijon. Spicy I'll try, brown. Yeah. I'll try that. I'll try yellow mustard. It's just a matter of what you add to it. All and right. Yeah. I'm really into the, 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 Mustard that you have to like chew. You like the, you the grainy the little. Yeah. Yeah. I grains. really like that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It depends on the application. I'm like, I made a dressing the other night, a salad dressing and you just want like Dijon for that. Yeah. You don't mm. want the grainy stuff for that. Yeah. I see your point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it's going <laughs> to, okay. I don't even know if it's going to work. I'm going to try, but right. I've been, we're with you. been thinking about this ever since I got a garden. I don't know why I'm like, I could make mustard. Yeah. I could make my own. You could. And then someday if we ever get bees, I could make my own honey mustard. Yeah. Then if I ever learn how to distill vinegar, <laughs> just wow, kidding. that's never happened. So you brought us some beautiful eggs oh. over the weekend. Oh, did those get taken? Good. So we, we, we kind of have an array of snacks in the green room <laughs> just cause it's such a long Saturday and it's a long Sunday morning if you're working all the services and yeah. so, or if you're volunteering all the services. So we've got snacks for everyone. And Barry sets out two dozen eggs, eggs from of our, varying from sizes and beautiful colors. Like these yeah. are like Martha yeah. Stewart quality eggs. And yeah. I just heard from, um, 
one of our production directors that he thought they were hard boiled. Hard-boiled. Yeah. I, oh, oh, no. I came back and I, I saw that one of them was missing and I was like, Oh no. And also <laughs> someone like opened them and displayed them. And I was like, Oh no, that's the wrong I just, message. I just got back from a meeting where he was like, who decided to put raw eggs <laughs> out with the breakfast goods? Yes. I, that's I so great. I wasn't intending to convey the message that those were to be I, I want to know if that person learned that it was not hard boiled by like biting into it. No, he well, said, I guess he, you wouldn't, he, said he cracked it. Yeah. 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 He was just crack spilled it. an egg out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there are plenty of others where those came yeah. from. That's pretty awesome. Guys, I made the mistake recently um, of, so our, our, our son Milo is turning four today, tomorrow. Today, for those of you on the podcast listening to it, is probably today. <laughs> uh, anyways, July 21st. He's 24. So I made the mistake of telling my wife. I, I just was having like this existential, like thinking about what it means to be four years old. Yeah. What it means to be a parent of a four-year-old. And I was like, do you realize we only have like 14 more summers with him. Oh no. And of course, you know, water works. And she's like yelling at me to never speak of <laughs> such things again. But it hit me that, uh, time is, uh, very limited. And yeah, I mean, it's cool that he's getting older, but I'm sad that he's getting older. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is how it I'm, goes. Marin, do you think, I mean, I'm you, like, do you think you about looking at me talking about how sad you are that you're well, saying four so years I'm, I'm old. At, I'm wondering how many more summers do you have? Man? Oh my Marin, goodness. I'm wondering, brutal. I'm wondering, do you live your life this way? Every moment? <laughs> no, that's like of every day. <laughs> okay. So every moment, every topic you're like, I only have, I'm worried about something now. So, and I don't know if that's just part of my personality. I think yeah. it probably is. Um, cause I overthink things and I worry a lot, yeah. but like when I go home after work and my son is upstairs playing a banjo yeah. and my daughter's in the other room playing piano and my house is just so it's always enveloped in sound. Somebody is listening to something or somebody is playing something. They're including just, call, of Duty. Is playing call of Duty. <laughs> that is not part of the beautiful sounds that I am describing. <laughs> However, I'm feeling aggressive when the children leave and they take their beautiful sounds with them. And all I am left with is the sound of call of duty. Yeah. That's going to be a sad I'm time. I'm lose my mind. So do you spend your time like thinking about that? Cause up until I said this comment, I was like, Oh, we got all the time in the world. He's four years old or what a three years old or whatever. But I had this moment where I was like, Oh no, our time is very limited, obviously, but we're limited. Like, yeah. So now, nowadays I think of things like, have I done enough? Yeah. Is he, are they prepared to face the real world and all of the responsibility that comes with having a job and being independent? Like, mm -hmm. and I'm sure every decision he's made has confirmed for you that yes, <laughs> he is ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best parent ever. Not really. Um, but no, I think about that. And then if something comes to my mind, like I haven't done this well, like I was just talking to one of my kids the other day about saving I don't think I've done a good, oh, a yeah. good enough job mm -hmm. of teaching them how to save money. And mm -hmm. I feel like I'm failing them in this area. So then I'm thinking, okay, well, I don't have much time left. How yeah. can I find some resources to help us Crash get course. them on a good path? Now yeah. that they're both working more often, you know, yeah. how can I, how can I do that? So it feels a little bit like the last minute scramble yeah. to be a good yeah. parent. Right. <laughs> Cramming for the exam. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So you got plenty of time. I got time. some time. Yeah. You've got All plenty right. of time. Uh, so to celebrate his birthday, we took him to the movies 
uh, one of the things we did see the new space jam. Yeah. And, uh, he's four, but almost half of his life has been spent in quarantine. Sure. So, or in pandemic world. So he's never been to the movies where he can remember. Like he went to go see the Lion King, the live action mm. Lion King when it came out, but we had to leave like 15 minutes into it. Cause he wasn't <laughs> into it. Like, yeah. It wasn't. So was this like a, an amazing experience for him? Yeah. He was, he was enthralled oh. the whole time. Like we were, we, well, you they spread him, you out. You took him to the cushy seat one, yeah, right? So you like, got to, yeah, he was every probably 20 <laughs> seconds was a recline or uh, the whole movie, put it back together. It was just constant. <laughs> his seat was constantly moving. Just that's so funny. Back and forth. Uh, first time I have ever gotten a refill on popcorn. Whoa. Because he ate so much popcorn. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was fun. Um, and then we went putt-putt golf, which is another thing he's never done. And, uh, yeah. What a fun day. Yeah. It sounds he's like, like finally the age where, like, you can take him out in public and he doesn't melt down, you know? That's so, awesome. Yeah. Good times. All right. So, um, we are in week I believe seven. In yeah. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. Uh, seven of our sermon series, how it started, how it's going. And, uh, Barry, you're here or sorry, as Jeff under said, at, I think nine <laughs> o'clock, he said something like how it began and how it's turned out or to be or started <laughs> oh, no. it going. And then the church acts, but acts. It was so funny. That's what he said. It, he got totally oh, no. up on it. It was, it was awesome. She's not my favorite. Who? Well, I thought that was actually something else. <laughs> sorry. Uh, Jeff sorry. is is definitely yeah, one of sorry, our favorites. Sorry, sorry. Everybody's favorite. Oh my <laughs> yeah, goodness! Yeah. Uh, it's labeled as something else on the board. So there we go. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So Barry, you're here because you gave us a pre-recorded message of just uh, Saturday night. Sunday, oh. I was in person. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was okay. live. Um, I have questions about that. Yep. And then I have questions about the actual content. So when you pre-record. And we talked about this probably a year ago, but when you pre-record your sermon, it looks like you're looking at people. What do you mean? But there aren't people in the room, are there? The pre-recorded sermon, I was just looking at the camera. Yeah. I wasn't trying to pretend like there were people oh, in the room. Okay. Do you feel like he's looking into your soul when yeah, you see yeah, that yeah. you pre-recorded it's a lot of eye contact? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> intense eye contact. You feel like he's talking just to yeah. you. I liked it. As somebody watching at home, I liked, I liked it. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> yeah. So that's the answer to that question. All right. <laughs> this, is, All right. this is going really yeah. well. All right. Good. Uh, so your sermon was uh, focused on Acts 16 yeah. this week, and it was about the uh, adventure, adventures of Paul and Silas doing their missionary journeys. Yeah. In Philippi. In Philippi. And so can you kind of give us the big idea, a rundown um, of what you wanted people to hear? And uh, take away in case they haven't heard it yet. Yeah. So this, this story of Paul and Silas in Philippi, you know, they go in, they, they spread the gospel, they get put in jail, but then the gospel still manages to change lives and stuff like that. It, it's a really great encapsulation, in my opinion, of what their missionary, what his missionary journeys were like as a whole. It's like, we'll talk about this a little bit this weekend, but there's a pattern where he will go into a place. He'll try to connect with the Jewish community there. Uh, and then at some point it'll spill out into the Gentile community. And then there's always some sort of uproar and the civic officials come out and he has to leave. And that seems to be like the pattern. And so this is what happened in Philippi. 
And so I wanted to talk about that just to give us a sense of like how this reformed man is, you know, the one who was approving of the killing of Stephen is now a part of this gospel message. But I also wanted us to focus a little bit on a key element in these journeys, which is how Paul and Silas and the others listened to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit was guiding them and where to go and how to move and where to stay and what to do, how they were listening to the Holy Spirit. And so essentially the the really big idea was that wherever, uh, consistently over and over again, um, wherever they were going, Paul was jumping in where the Spirit was moving. Mm-hmm. He wasn't asking the Spirit to bless where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it was not like, yeah, it, he wasn't just like asking God, like, hey, we really want to go to Bithynia, make it possible. Let's go. God bless this journey. Instead, they didn't go to Bithynia because they felt the spirit was calling them elsewhere. Mm -hmm. They went where the spirit was moving. And that's kind of the overarching sort of theme for how, how they listened to the spirit. Mm -hmm. So then I gave a few reminders for us today on how that, what that looks like in our life. And, um, you said, um, so where you've talked about this before, but in relation to kind of Paul's, uh, conversion on the road to Damascus or Jerusalem or whatever. Yeah. Where, it, where are we talking geographically? Like where geographically, okay. like Philippi. Yeah. Um, how, where, where yeah. is that in relation so, to like the rest of Paul's story? So if you're interested, friends of the pod, yeah, I'm interested. I just asked no friends of the pod, <laughs> oh. friends of the pod, including Tyler. <laughs> I gave a message back in January. I want to say, where I had a big blackboard out and I had a big map of, of the Mediterranean. And I was talking about Philippi and how it connected to Ephesus and Rome and all of that. So if you want to get that kind of background to Philippi, that would be worth watching, but here just in an audible map format, (laughs) imagine the entire Mediterranean (laughs) over on the far East side of the Mediterranean is Israel. That's where Jerusalem is. That's where, and then Mm -hmm. to the Northeast of that is where Damascus is, where Paul Saul was working his way up to go persecute the Christians there when he had his conversion experience. Um, He's from Tarsus, which is like Northwest. It's kind of like the North East corner of the Mediterranean, like right on the sort of the armpit of like Turkey and coming down into Israel and more what today is Turkey. That's where most of his, his early missionary journey began. And then the first half of his second missionary journey was all the way over to the, the West side of Turkey over by the coast of the Aegean sea. Um, and that, in Troas, where's where ancient Troy was, that's, yeah. that's where he received the vision. Brad Pitt. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. He received the vision there to go to Macedonia, which is across the Aegean sea, which is basically if you, you know, where, um, Istanbul is. Yeah, you do. No. It's just, <laughs> just West of Istanbul. Honestly, friends of the pod, a lot of Bibles have yes. maps in the back yeah. of Confusing their- So are we talking like 500 maps. miles away from where home uh, base? Oh, probably more than that. These maps drive me crazy. I've looked at so many maps of Paul's first, second, and third missionary journeys, and they all look like playbooks. They look yeah, like well, a sports yeah, yeah, route. Yeah. X's and O's. Yes. And then arrows and <laughs> lines. And it's so confusing. Who can understand with all the arrows and lines? It's like 10, it's like a thousand miles that's from a lot. Damascus. Maybe that's using my thumb to measure a yeah. hundred mile increments. So, <laughs> so anyway, all, all that to say, look at your Bibles. Cause often they do have a, like a very confusing 
mm-hmm. diagram of where Paul went. Or can, the internet. Or look at the internet. It's all there. So in the midst of this, they're they're kind of going everywhere, but the the Holy Spirit or God's Spirit uh, prevents them mm. from going to yeah. Asia. Yeah. And other places. Asia, it, the province of Asia, which is like the, in the Roman times, it was like the Northern part of what we think of as Turkey. So is this, I'm trying to picture what that feels like. And we'll, we'll get into this in a little, as you talk about application, like paying attention and things like that. But yeah. what do you think? And you talked about the tripping donkey. Yeah. Or is this like a, is this like a signs thing? Like, uh, I want to go, I want to go frolfing. But <laughs> you mean frisbee golfing? Frisbee golfing, okay. but it's raining. Uh, is that a sign that God wants me to stay inside? Well, and I love Barry that you you pointed out that Luke didn't expound. He didn't on this. He didn't tell us, and this is how we knew that we mm. weren't supposed to go. Right. And I kind of like that because it does leave it open to some interpretation. But what we do know is that the Lord, at least in their minds, closed the door. Right. So we know that he does do that. Right. And that's important. I think even for someone like me, because I would feel like going to all the world means going to all the world. So why not just go everywhere? But it is important to pay attention and listen and follow the leading of the Holy spirit because sometimes he closes doors. Yeah. I really wish that, that Luke had, had given us just a little bit more because it says, you know, the spirit, the Holy spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And it's, it's like, wait, but isn't preaching the word what they're supposed to do? How, why is yeah. God preventing them from doing that? And then it says later on, they wanted to go to Bithynia, but again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. But yeah, regardless, it, he closed the door in some form or fashion. And so they went in a different direction. Mm. Again, it's just, my mind goes to all kinds of places. Were they not ready to receive the word? Was it better for them to go at a later date when they would be more open and receptive to this word? Like who knows, but yeah. Or did they receive? I mean, there is a sense where often if there is a really credible threat on, on Paul's life or something like that, they will often leave a region or bypass, bypass a region. Uh, Mm -hmm. so perhaps it's something like that. Perhaps there was such opposition to them going there that they weren't, they didn't feel like they could be, they could survive. I Mm -hmm. I don't know. But then again, like later on, Paul goes to Jerusalem, knowing that it's going, this is Marin's message at the end of the series. Preaching my message, Barry. I'm not going to say any more, except (laughs) that he goes knowing that it will likely lead to his imprisonment and death. So there are times when he does go to the place that will lead to his death. So it's buddy bypasses Ephesus. Yes. And last time he was there, now I'm preaching your message. Yes. Yes. Please. <laughs> there is a giant riot. That's right. So maybe he's like, ah, and, I probably shouldn't go there. Yeah, big riot. Yeah. So it just doesn't say we have to, we have, to I guess, kind of I guess I was wondering as I'm, as I'm listening to this and trying to figure out if I've ever been in a situation where I feel like God has prevented me from doing something. But as I'm mm-hmm. thinking about this, I'm like, is this, is this just at a certain level of decision? Like only the big decisions God's going to prevent or allow me or or like the Frisbee golf thing. Like, am I supposed to interpret the signs as like God cares? And so do I tell my friends, it's raining today. So clearly God does not want us to play Frisbee golf. There, there are, I've heard some people talk about uh, as they're discerning a decision in front of them, 
this is one example. Uh, maybe it's a really big decision about moving their family somewhere or taking a, a job or whatever. Uh, as they're praying about it, they will pray for a spirit of consolation or a spirit of desolation. And that's a way of saying like, God's God, would you make it so abundantly clear in the way that, that my heart feels towards this decision that I know that you're leading me one way yeah. or another. Yeah. And so perhaps it's a partnership with the spirit uh, yeah. where we're like asking the spirit to help us understand. And if, if the door is wide open, perhaps our own heart comes alive. Uh, someone asked me about this. They were saying after service, they were asking like, what do I do if if it's not super clear what the spirit wants, like I don't sense a closed door, but I also don't sense a really big open door. And I, I told her my own experience saying yes to being um, the candidate for senior pastor. I was totally on the fence about whether this was the right thing for me. And I went away on this retreat and I was praying and reading old journals. And it was a long, I I know I've talked about this before. Um, At the end of the day, my, my prayer was, like, God, do I go through this story? Is this the right place to go? And all I seemed to, to hear, all I seemed to discern was, yes, this door, go through this door. He didn't say commit to being a pastor for 30 years. Yeah. He said, go through this door. We can do this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And <laughs> so I, for me, like that's, sometimes that's all it was. It was just, for yeah. me, it was just enough confirmation to walk through one door, knowing that God would be still with me on the other side. And so, yeah. I don't know, it's not, I always try to shy away from it being like a, I don't like to codify everything and put like rules and regulations. And this is how long you have to pray to hear God's, I I don't think it works that way. It's more mystical and spiritual than that. Mm -hmm. But I do think there are some, some principles there that, that I didn't really get into in my message, but we could talk more about if you wanted. For me, it's trusting that he is leading, even if things don't make sense. So the example that comes to my mind is, leaving Chicago in 2016 to buy our first home in Munster, Indiana. We bought our first home in September (laughs) of 2016. And (laughs) to just add another layer of complexity to it, we didn't think we could afford this home. It was so half of Munster is in a floodplain. We thought that's where we were probably going to have to buy our first home. But we found this little house and it was perfect for our family. And just what we prayed for. And oh my goodness, let's do this. And then six months Mm -hmm. later, I'm moving to Indianapolis. It made no sense. Yeah, And I grappled with it and I wrestled with it. But again, it's like, if I'm in the stream of the spirit, this is where the spirit was moving me to. He's moving me here. And I can look back over the last four and a half years of my life. And it's undeniable that he wanted me here, Mm -hmm. despite everything, all of the, the storm of my mother not being well. And just, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of reason for me to think, are you sure (laughs) this is, this is where you want me, you know? So even when things don't make sense, just trusting that he's leading and he's guiding, they don't have to always make sense to me. And he's not going to lay it all out. Like Barry said, Mm -hmm. I want you to work at grace for the next 14 years and then I'll move you to, he he doesn't do it like that, but you just do the next right thing and trust that he will close doors and he will open doors and he will make your path straight. He will do that. And for me, he has done that. I was hoping you would bring up that example. Um, when I'm writing out my questions, I kind of picture what you guys will say. And that's what I was hoping you would say the, the house situation. So as you look back on the monster house situation, what do you think about that now? 
I think, wow, the Lord provided. I also think maybe me and Jed jumped the gun in in even buying that house because (laughs) like you said, Paul wasn't saying, man, we really want to go to Bithynia. I hope you bless us and help us get to Bithynia. Right. That is exactly what Jed and I were Uh, saying in 2016. Mm. We, we were forging our own way because we were worried about our kids and where they were going to go to school. And I mean, it's all good stuff. We weren't running from anything. It's all good stuff, but we, it's the only time in our lives we ever made a move where we're like, okay, Lord, we're just going to do this and you're going to bless us. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, so I, in hindsight, I wonder if we made that move too soon. mm -hmm. Um, But even in the midst of the questioning, what I can say is that he provided for us when I was thinking, Oh my goodness, now we're going to be landlords. Like we didn't buy this house so we could be landlords. How is this going to work? But he provided for us tenants. And then every time a tenant left and we were freaking out about what are we going to do if we have to pay two mortgages, he provided us tenants again in the sale process. He provided us a buyer. Like he made our path straight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think there's two things to keep in mind. One is that, is that God's spirit can work with any decision that we make, even the ones that are Mm -hmm. maybe not what he's calling us to. And so he can work good and he does work good out of it, out of every situation. But the other thing is that we have to remember, like we're playing like checkers. God's playing four dimensional chess. Mm -hmm. Like we don't know how everything that we do in faithfulness to the spirit is going to be used, used for his kingdom purposes. Yeah. Sometimes we do things that you just think, did I mess? Did I miss it? I thought I heard it clearly. Mm -hmm. And to assume either way, like, I guess I must've missed it. Like that, that discounts the fact that perhaps God was speaking. And again, I mentioned this in the message. It may not look like success or victory, Mm -hmm. or it it may look like something that to us seems like, wow, that was a failure, but God's going to use it in a way that we can't even imagine. Even now, just talking about God rules (laughs) at the time I worked at Munster high school. And when I think about some of the conversations I had with some of those coworkers, even Mm. though it was you know, a short amount of time, relatively speaking, but like, we're still connected. We're still friends on social media, but even just the witness that I was able to be in a short period of time, could that have been the reason the Gaffrins made a stopover in Munster before making it to Fishers, you know? So was Paul and Silas, were they, did they have like a, a, I don't know, itinerary or were they just going to the place and be like, all right, God, where do you want us to go next? And then go into that place. Like, was there a plan or what were they, what were they, they kind of, they did have plans. They, they had plans. Paul references his plans multiple times. Often those plans aren't exactly how it goes. I think, and I'm trying to think of the specific in my message this next weekend, Paul has plans to revisit Macedonia. Uh, but for some reason, Oh, so I, uh, Acts 19 verse 21. Uh, afterward, Paul felt compelled by the spirit to go over to Macedonia and Achaia before going to Jerusalem. And after that, he said, I must go on to Rome. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus ahead to Macedonia while he stayed a while longer in the province of Asia. And then that's when the riot in Ephesus happens. And then he's got a, it. So it, I don't know. It, it, he's got plans. I think they are held pretty loosely mm-hmm. is I guess my, how I would say it. Like he, he has an idea of what he wants to do, but yeah. they have to adjust as the spirit. It seems almost like he has a leading in his heart. Like he knows he has to get to Rome, but he doesn't know exactly how right. he's going to end up getting okay. to Rome. There's just something in his heart that I've got to get to Rome, 
But the way he ends up getting to Rome, I know I'm jumping ahead two weeks, but it's like, that's probably not what he envisioned, <laughs> but it does fulfill yeah. what he had already known. I have to get to Rome. And yeah. later on it, he refers to taking the gospel to Spain. He was intending to go all the way to Spain, which to him was the ends of the earth. He was going to take the gospel all the way there. But as far as we know from history, some would debate this, but he'd never made that journey. He died in Rome, which is interesting because he had a very clear plan mm -hmm. to take the gospel all the way to the Western side of the Mediterranean. Mm. So, so you talked about making decisions in community. Yeah. Um, what does this mean? And how do we do this and what kind of decisions should we make in community versus alone? Cause I like the idea, but I, 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 I want to picture what that looks like. I know like, obviously if you're going somewhere like Paul and Silas were making a decision to not go there or feeling like mm -hmm. the spirit is preventing you from going there. Like, that's, that's an easy example, but what's a modern day example of making decisions in community that, um, that you can give me? Well, I think, I think there are times when I would say at any point, if you feel like the words God told me are about to come out of your mouth, it's way, way better to run that by some other brothers and sisters and Jesus. And especially those who have the gift of the spiritual gift of discernment and see, do they sense the same thing? Are they praying the same way? This is how our, our governing board operates a lot. Um, we may as a lead team, for example, and this isn't really like normal life, this is church work, but we may have a decision that we've made in consensus and we feel like this is the right thing to do. We feel like God's leading us to this, but it is so valuable to bring it before our elders and have them use their spiritual discernment yeah. to, to like, and, and we have often had, them, you know, say, absolutely. We are with you in unity on this. And sometimes they've said, I feel like God wants us to think about this aspect of it. And we realize, oh, you know, we had missed that. And so it's part just wisdom and having other people speaking into your yeah. big decisions. But part of it is that God's spirit speaks through community and not through purely through individuals. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's like part of what I think. Yeah. Of. So it sounds like probably like major decisions go, should go to community or but like, well, not even about decisions. Think, whenever we hear the spirit's voice and the spirit is speaking, it could even be something like if someone's saying, I feel like the spirit is telling me that I need to, or that, that I'm gifted in a way that I didn't think I was gifted in. Do you think that's the case? And you, you interact with another person or some people will, will have a vision. Uh, yeah. I have a vision of this, this room is sitting empty and I, I sense a foreboding. And then they go and they talk to another person. That person says, actually, I've, I feel like the spirit's been telling me the same thing or whatever it yeah. is. That's kind of a random example, but that's yeah. actually a real one that I heard recently. So I, I don't know. I think it's, it's a matter of bringing what the spirit is speaking to us yeah. before our community. Proverbs eleven fourteen says where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And so I've always gone back to that scripture. Like what would it hurt to bounce this idea off of somebody else or to seek advice or, you know, what, Yeah. how could that 
be a bad thing if you're doing that within the family of God and with, with advisors that you trust. Obviously, you're not just asking anybody, but this is what it means to be in community mm-hmm. because without it, people fall. But with it, there's safety. And our own lenses, our worldview is going to narrow what we are able to understand and how the spirit is speaking. It's like, it's like we all only hear the spirit on one frequency, but the spirit is speaking on all frequencies. And so if I'm able to bring before you with a different worldview and a different perspective than me, and, and you're listening for the same, and you hear the same thing from the spirit, but in your worldview and your perspective, we can bring those things together for a fuller picture, a fuller sound of what the spirit's voice is saying. What about the times when two people hear different things? Yeah. From the spirit. What about that? Yeah. What do we do? That's a great question. That's, that's (laughs) what do we do then? Even more important that the, that the community works together to discern. Well, and we talked about that a little bit. Was it last week or the week before with the Jerusalem council? Oh yeah. Last week. They had to come and kind of settle a dispute. Yeah. They heard two, they were, I don't know if they heard from the spirit, but they were convinced of two completely different things. Yeah. So they came together and they left with consensus, spiritual consensus. Hmm. I don't know. I, this is the, this is the thing. We don't do this a ton. I think we need, that's part of what I was hoping to get across is just like, we need to be thinking this way a little bit more, even just paying attention and preparing for God's spirit to speak and move. Like, I don't think we always think in those terms, but we should. Well, and who has the patience to go through what it takes to reach consensus? Right. Like if it's a long thing, it's a long time. If it were our day, we would have just, you know, had another denomination or started another (laughs) church, you know, you know, instead of going to the Jerusalem council and going through what it took to reach consensus, it seemed good to us and to the spirit. Mm -hmm. Like too often we have disagreements. They're inevitable, but we just leave it there and we part ways. Yeah. It seemed good to us. Well, it seemed better to us. (laughs) So Paul jumped in with his, where the spirit was moving. He didn't ask the spirit to bless where he was already moving. Right. Um, I remember back, Maren, were you here? Were you here for 40 day prayer challenge? No. Or is that what it was called? Circle prayer. prayer? Yeah. Circle, circle prayer. I've heard about it, but I was yeah, not here. No. So is it must've been five ish years ago or something. And uh, one of the things I remember being challenged by during that time was to boldly ask God to bless what I want or to give me what I want. So mm-hmm. you, you don't, I was challenged to like, when I am praying, not to just kind of water down my, my prayers or requests. <clears throat> and as you're talking about how Paul's jumping into where the spirit's moving versus asking the spirit to bless what he's doing. I thought about this and I was mm-hmm. like, do these things fly in the face of each other um, to where I'm asking God to give me what I think mm-hmm. is the best versus jumping in with where the spirit's already going. Do they fly in the face of each other? That's a fair, it's a fair question. It's a fair point. Um, And I think perhaps the way that I was framing it might make it seem like it's not appropriate or not good to ask God for things that you want or not ask God to bless you. But that's not what I'm saying. You can definitely do that. I'm just talking when it comes to listening to the spirit, that we submit ourselves yeah. to the spirit's will, not our own. Like when Jesus, I, I quoted Jesus right before he was crucified saying, you know, not my will, but your will be done. But the full context of that is if it's possible, take this cup yeah. away from yeah. me, Yeah, but not my will, but your will be yeah. done. So you see he was asking God, yeah. is there another way? Yeah. Please don't, don't make this happen. I would like not to go yeah. through this, but your will be done. It's not basically mine. like 
state what you want or tell, uh, like be in relationship with God and tell him what you want, but also first submit yourself to what God would have for you. Yeah. 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 Well, and he will give you a heart to pray for what he wants. Like that scripture, he'll give you the desires of your heart. I feel like often that can be taken as, okay, I desire pizza. Lord, give me the desire of my heart. Yeah. That's kind of what I was trying to get at with the first question of like, how, when do we start? Well, I'm saying, or he can literally give you the right desires in your heart. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, Paul might've wanted to go to Spain yet. Not my will, but your mm, will be done. Yeah, yeah. But what was his aim overall? What did he want? He wanted to see the gospel spread like yes. wildfire. Yes. That was his end. That was his aim. And that is what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. I think as we are growing in Christ, as we are becoming more like Jesus, as we're being sanctified, our desires are being more and more aligned with his desires to the point where once we've walked with Christ long enough, we are the things that we want are the things that he wants. And it doesn't, it's not just pizza. Although I bet again, I think pizza would blow Jesus's mind <laughs> because I don't think they had it back then. But, Believe God. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's, I think all that to say, I really do think it's as we grow our desires, the things that we want, yeah. just like you said, those are the things that God wants as time goes on. Absolutely. As we grow. And like ask boldly for, for those things. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So you had three kind of applications or takeaways, um, asking, how do we do this? Well, first pay attention attention. because the spirit is speaking Mm -hmm. second buckle up because the spirit doesn't always work the way we expect. And then three be encouraged, take comfort and be encouraged. Yeah. Yeah, Take comfort. And so, uh, the first one, pay attention. Um, you talked about, you know, following the spirits leading, uh, in our job, family, friends, um, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think I I'm speaking for myself. If, if I'm a, if I'm a barista at Starbucks, how do I follow the spirits leading in that part of my life? Because mm-hmm. if I'm looking at Paul and Silas, I'm like, yeah, they're missionaries. Of course they're going to follow the spirits leading in their jobs and professions. Mm-hmm. Like sure. I get caught thinking that this type of application is just for people that are in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but why, or how do, how do people that are, I mean, how do people that are not in ministry, not sure. pastors, not missionaries, how do we, how do we pay attention in all aspects of our lives? Yeah. It's a great question. If you're a barista at Starbucks and I was one for a while, <laughs> imagine going into that day and your prayer is spirit speak. I'm paying attention. I'm, I'm looking for you to speak. What might God's spirit bring to your mind or your heart as you work? Will, is it possible God's spirit will, will lay a, a coworker on your heart mm. and it leads you to say, Hey, how, how are you? And then remembering, oh, wait, wasn't your mom sick a couple weeks ago? Is she doing better? Like yeah. who knows, but if you're paying attention, God's spirit can prompt you or maybe a customer comes in and something in your mind, you know, the spirit is, is indicating call them by name or so, whatever yeah. it is. And like, it's, it could be little things, but again, it's trusting that God's yeah. spirit wants to use you to do things. Yeah. And it's being that it's a, what's the old fashioned word being a vessel, being a willing vessel. (laughs) It's being like a, an, a very open-handed instrument of God's purposes for the world. So I think it's a mentality and it's, and it's, it's crazy, but I think it really works. If you say in a, in a set of set time a day or 
period of time, if you say, spirit, I want you to speak and I'm going to pay attention to what you say and I'm going to do whatever you say Mm. in the next few moments or whatever. Like he kind of does. He usually does. Yeah, that's good. I think the, I think it's important to remember that it could be very little to us because I also get caught up in like, well, he's not calling me to Ephesus or Philippi or whatever. Like I'm not being called to like these mission fields. So he must not be speaking. Right. In big ways to me. But as you say, it's like the little things like, and yeah. And it's, it shouldn't just, I'm not saying it's all arbitrary. It's not like, again, it's not like some code that you have to decrypt anything that God's spirit calls you to will be in line with scripture. It's going to be in line with love, loving your neighbor. It's going to be in line with caring for others and, and caring for the least of these. Like that's all it's, he's not going to tell you to go punch someone in the face, right? Like that's not how it works. Um, but what I would say is there are times when it even doesn't even feel like a, a voice, but just a sense that you can't shake. Like I've had this happen to me a few times before where it's like that person needs encouragement. And you're like, why do I think that right now? Like, there's no indication that they need encouragement, but Hey, I love that shirt. Like, I don't know. It's weird. And it's always a little bit scary and your heart gets pounding, but it's that kind of thing where it's like, I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me to do things that you've already told me is a part of what it means to follow you. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know. What do you think, Marin? I've been paying attention to, you know, Paul went around planting churches, but he had to raise up leaders and leave those leaders planted mm-hmm. in those churches. Yeah. Now, this is the story that follows Paul everywhere, but everywhere that he established a church, there were leaders there that were doing the work day in and day out. I just read a story about um, Priscilla and Aquila, husband and wife team. And good, along good comes people. this like young guy, guys. Apollos. By the way, if you marry, were they married? Yes. yes. If you marry somebody whose name rhymes with yours. Oh, yeah. I see it all the time. Oh man. I that is, that is the, the dream. That is the dream. <laughs> Lane's going to marry like a Jane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So they stayed behind, right? They're, they're, they're doing the work of the kingdom from where they are planted. Yeah. And then Apollos comes along and he's, he's a God fearing man but he only knows of John's baptism. He doesn't know of the baptism of the Holy spirit. And so they basically disciple this guy. Let, let me tell you, you know, give you a fuller picture of what's really happening here, here in the kingdom. And again, those stories are short. It's not the epic, you know, story that follows Paul or follows yeah. Peter, but they're so very important because we are not all called to be shipwrecked and bitten by snakes and, you know, yeah. go to Rome. We're <laughs> yeah. not all called yeah. to like, yeah. But but don't lose those important stories mm-hmm. in the narrative of this larger Paul the main character story. Mm-hmm. We are the ones that are planted and we are the ones discipling day in and day out yeah. the people who come our way and we will miss them if we're not paying attention. So if you work at Starbucks, if you work at Grace, if you work at Lily, you're paying attention to who he brings along your path. And yeah. that way you're advancing his kingdom. Yeah. When I was traveling, one of the things I used to wonder, I'd come across these incredible Christ followers, just doing unbelievable things for the kingdom and think, wow, these guys are really cut from incredibly different cloth than me. Like they're all these, these, they're just doing amazing things. And I would ask them what, how did you get to this point? Like, were you always an, like this outstanding, spectacular faith filled person? And, inevitably the answer was no. And inevitably they would tell me what led to the, to them doing what they're doing now. It's always been a series of small 
yeses to the Holy Spirit. It's one yes after another yes after another yes. And it always begins like in a tiny little thing that's a little bit scary. And then they say yes to it, which leads to another thing, which leads to it. And then 10 years later, you look at where they are and you think that's insane. How did you get to here? It's just a series of simple yeses. So if you're that barista at Starbucks and you think I'm supposed to be preaching to crowds of 10,000, like maybe, but where do you start? You start with the first yes that the spirit puts in front of you. And that that's how a journey begins. You don't leap into influence and powerful ministry, nor, nor is that even the inevitable outcome of it all. It's a, it's a matter of humble faithfulness to what God's spirit is saying. And when you do that, you, you live a life. And again, I'm, I've said this before. I think that when, when we are finally face to face with Jesus, the new creation, he's going to say, Hey, you got a second? <laughs> Just joking. It's eternity. And, uh, and, <laughs> oh, and then he's going to say, he's going to have dad jokes and they're going to be amazing. And he's going to say, Hey, do you want to know all the ways that I, I used your life to, to accomplish my purposes? Mm-hmm. We'll say, Oh, sure. And he'll be like, all right, here's the next hundred years as I show you the web and it's just going to be like amazing. Mm. Like that, that's what I imagine. And so it, everybody, including the person who's just coming to faith in their eighties and only, you know, doesn't have many, many decades to give to ministry. If they're faithful in their nursing home, God will use those things to do unbelievable, Mm. unimaginable things for his kingdom. How amazing is it that Priscilla found the one person whose name rhymes? We're still on that. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Uh, How how would it feel in a culture that (laughs) elevates men to be always referred to second to Priscilla because she was the one that was obviously a big deal? Priscilla was on fire. All right. Where do we go next? What are we doing? <laughs> so next we are going to Ephesus. We're going to have a little bit of a riot, uh, in Ephesus. It's going to be great. It's a, it's a interesting story. And I don't normally hear this one preached on that much when I've heard sermon series about acts, but I chose this message in particular because, or this passage in particular, because it gives us a really important look at how the, um, the powers of this world push back when we are walking in the spirit, when we are spreading the gospel. And I'm, I'm guessing I'll probably end up being a little fired up because I think we we don't, we don't pay as close attention as we should to how, uh, the powers of this world have toeholds and footholds in our lives. And so we'll see. I'm not exactly sure where it's going to go, but it'll be, bring it. I'll bring, (laughs) I'll bring it. I'll bring it. Great. So, uh, we'll be back next week with, uh, with that, but I think we covered it for today and, uh, you got to get some meetings. So (laughs) we're out, but, uh, Marin, will you please send us out? I will do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 